God bless you. Thank you for watching KCHF TV in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where the sun always shines. We want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing us this time to minister to you in your homes, uh, wherever you're watching us from. Uh, the other morning, I was uh, up early in the morning, and I got a text message. It was a picture message from one of my sons, and uh, he has a friend that lives here in Albuquerque, and they were at the local gym. Uh, I don't know if it was one of these 24-hour gyms, but they were there working out early in the morning, and he sent me a screenshot or a picture of the uh, Second Man TV program, and they were watching it in one of the local gyms. So uh, we want to praise the Lord for, for that praise report that, you know, uh, wherever you're listening to, uh, listening to us from, whether at home or uh, <clears throat> in prison or in a hospital room or in a gym, uh, as you're lifting those heavy weights, uh, do a couple of sets for me as you're watching, uh, and God will bless you for that. Uh, but I just want to thank the Lord and, and praise God for open doors in prison ministry. The Lord is opening the doors of prisons, and you know we recently made an announcement uh, <clears throat> that we're doing prison uh, volunteer clearances now. Uh, the doors are open for volunteers, and so if you would like to partner with us in ministry or volunteer with us, you know, there are senders and then there are goers. The senders write the checks and they send us into the mission field. And then there's those that go. The Bible says that we ought to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, and lo, I am with you until the very ends of the age. You know, and so we have a commission assignment from Jesus Christ himself to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we've been preaching the gospel faithfully in prisons uh, for over 25 years. We've been in prison ministry. And in a few weeks, uh, I'm going to be inviting several guests and, and some ministry partners that have partnered with me and that have been my mentors and disciplers over the years and have been my encouragers in my life. If you remember one of our last lessons, we talked on, on profitable relationships and Paul really, you know, pulled the covers and he said, there's no more unprofitable relationships in your life. You know, Paul says, do away and reconcile your relationships and, and, and let's get back to ministry work. You know, and he talked uh, to Philemon sternly and he says, I want you to receive Onesimus who ran away from you and he left and he deserted you. And now I want you to receive him as a brother in the Lord and not only as a servant or a slave. You know, I want you to receive him as a Lord, uh, as a brother in the Lord. And I want you to realize that now he is profitable. And the Apostle Paul admonishes us to reconcile relationships. And we know that broken relationships and hurt relationships uh, hurt deeply and they're painful. I could just imagine Joseph. And we're going to talk about Joseph a little bit today and how he was wounded and how he was transgressed and how he was hurt from his family. And his brothers sold him into slavery because of envy. You know, there's um, envy in the kingdom of God still today. You know, there's competitiveness in the spirit in the church of God today. You know, uh, we, we ought to be looking at each other and says, what are you doing that I'm not doing and how can I support you? And we ought to look at another ministry says, you know, you do that so well and I'd like to do that with you or I'd like to learn from you. Why don't you help me? Instead, we have, you know, we're like in, in competition, like, you know, little businesses. And, you know, we're living in the last days and there's no more time and no more room for competitiveness. You know, the Lord opened this door of ministry to us when prison doors were shut. 
And God gave us the opportunity to preach on the airwaves, on the radio and on TV. And that's only because of the Lord. It's not because of me or my intellect or, you know, who I'm rubbing shoulders with. No, it's the Lord Jesus Christ who put this ministry on the air. And, you know, KCHF has answered the call to make disciples of all nations. And if you're watching this broadcast and you're benefiting from these ministry teachings, if you're benefiting from these shows and, and the ministries that are on there, support those ministries and, you know, encourage those people. And, you know, let's put aside our personal vendettas and let's get on with ministry you know the Lord assigned me to prison ministry I didn't choose prison ministry God called me pulled me out of there with his mighty right hand and we're going to study that in a minute and he called me out he put his strength on me and is sending us back into the prisons to minister to those men and women so since March of 2020 can you imagine it's already been two years since a pandemic you know thousands hundreds of thousands have died and have gone on to be with the Lord. I know some families are still mourning and grieving the loss of their loved ones. Some are still living in fear and panic, and rightly so, you know, of a pandemic. But our bodies belong to the Lord. You know, our temples are the, our bodies are the temple of the Lord. They belong to Him. And, you know, uh, the Bible promises that no sickness or disease shall harm you. You know, if a sickness or disease harms you and takes you to be with Jesus, then you completed your life here on earth. But until then, I have a mandate to go to the prisons, to preach the gospel in the prisons. And I want you to pray, saints, with me, because in the month of November this year, we're going to be going back to Mexico City. We'll be preaching in Mexico City. Then we'll be preaching in Puebla, Mexico. And then we'll be in Tetela de Ocampo, Puebla, Mexico, where we've been serving the unchurched. You know, there's a, a mountainous region called Tetela uh, de Ocampo, Puebla, Mexico. And, and when I say this literally, this is a little uh, a mountainous region, a family. Uh, uh, the population isn't very great, but it's literally a mountain above the clouds. You know, when you're traveling at 30 or 40,000 feet on, on an airplane, you're literally above the clouds. That is where this little community is at. They have no running water. They have electricity, but they don't have, you know, modern utilities like we do. They can't go to the tap and, and turn on the water. They don't have running water. They bucket in their water for washing dishes and for cooking. And, you know, that's the kind of people that God has called us to. And so prayerfully consider helping, uh, you know, send us uh, with a gift. You know, there are senders and then there are goers. And which one will you be? You can be both. You know, um, the Bible says that we ought to send those out into the harvest field. Today, I want to talk about unprofitable lives. You know, uh, Joseph, a young kid, really was orphaned, uh, was raised by a single dad, Jacob. We know that Rachel lost her life giving birth to the twins. And Jacob, Joseph, for some reason, became the favorite of his father. And the Bible says that his father, Jacob, made him a tunic of many colors and his brothers envied him because he stood out. <laughs> there's, you know, there's a difference uh, when, when someone stands out, when God has gifted you, when God has poured his oil of anointing over your life, you will stand out, you know. And Joseph, you know, was dreaming. He was having these dreams uh, of greatness and he, he you know, uh, was persecuted by his family. And Genesis chapter um, 37, it says, But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him 
and could not speak peaceably to him. Notice there was no peace, there was no, uh, uh, no peace within the family. Um, you know, a lot have described this family as a dysfunctional family. But, and then if you look at verse 5, it says, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So when he said to them, Please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were building or binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheep stood all around and bowed down to me. Here, all of a sudden, he's getting these dreams and he's explaining this vision to him. He doesn't exactly know what's going on. Poor guy. He's just having these dreams. And his brothers envied him because his father loved him more than them and they couldn't speak peaceably to them. And then all of a sudden, he's getting these dreams. And he's telling, I mean, the guy didn't even go out and work. His brothers were doing the field work. And if you continue reading Genesis in chapter uh, 37, verse 14, his father sent him out to go help his brothers and to go check on them. And the Bible says, then he said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley and he went to Shechem. Now the Bible says that he went to Shechem. He was about his father's business. And the Bible says that as he was coming, his older brothers looked at him and said, now when they saw him afar off, notice this was premeditated. You know, they, this was premeditated. They thought about what they were going to do and they premeditated about what they were going to, uh, and, and, and as they were in the act, things changed. They had a change of heart. They wanted to kill him. One said, no, let's leave him alive. Let's throw him in the pit. And then said, someone said, no, let's sell him. So, so as, as he's coming towards him, they're envying him, they're, they're hating him, and they're, they're, they're premeditating what they're going to do to him. It says, now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. And then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. And so here, He's coming towards them with peace to check, you know, for their good welfare. And they're plotting to hurt him and kill him, plotting to, you know, sell him. And we know that in the end, Joseph wraps up when his father dies and his brothers are trembling because now he's in a position of power. He says, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for my good. But that doesn't still give the right of people to, to hurt you or to put yourself in hurtful situations. You know, in Romans chapter 8, verse 27, it says, Now God, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. And, and some people might say hurtful words to you or put you down or try to put you in a pit. And, and they premeditated and they thought about it, exactly what they were going to say and exactly what they were going to do. And then they have the audacity to say, don't worry, all things will work out together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. God's going to turn this out for your good. And so then you have relationships that are broken. And then you say, well, that relationship's unprofitable to me. And we know that Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement. And they split ways. Just like this family is all, I mean, this is no disagreement. This was like hatred and, and discord amongst the family and these hurtful things get said and hurtful things get done. But Joseph got a word from his father and that's what I want to preach on today. 
because it was the word of your father. It was the word of God over your life that will take you through the prison to the palace and to the position that God has for you. You know, the Bible says that while Joseph was in prison, he still was used by God. You know, many would probably say, oh, he's unuseful. He's unfit for ministry. He's been disqualified. God can never use you no more. We silenced him. That dreamer, what will become of his dreams now? He's no good. He's in the pit. We can't use him. He's unprofitable. But the Bible says that in prison, his former or his classmates, his convict, had dreams. And the Bible says that as they were in prison, prisoners had dreams. And the Bible says that Joseph interpreted their dreams. And, you know, when you look at the life of Joseph and you look at the life of Jesus, and this is a whole other sermon, but let me capture this for a minute. You have these two criminals on each side of Joseph. One will live, one will die. Just like the two thieves on the side of the cross when Jesus said to one, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, and the other one was mocking him and saying, if you are the son of God, take yourself down from, down from this cross. If you could save others, why don't you save yourself? You know, and then you've got Jesus being put in prison in the praetorium. You haven't been rejected by his own. You haven't been beaten and, and sold by his own, his own disciples that sold him into slavery. And then, you know, all, you, you have the comparisons of the life of Jesus and Joseph is being used by God in prison. He's still of use to the kingdom of God. And God plucked him out of his Egypt and anointed him and gifted him with tremendous ministry, with tremendous ability to lead and to guide the nation and to, you know, save the nation during a famine. You know, God gave him skills and God gave him the talent and gave him the ability to understand what to do. And God used him tremendously, but God also allowed him to be hurt tremendously. And we will never understand it on this side of heaven. Why they shot the bow at you, why they hurt you. But on the other side of heaven, you'll be able to look back and say, God did that in order for this. They intended it for my evil but God intended it for their good. And Genesis 49, here's the prophecy given over Joseph. In Genesis 49, in verse 22, he says, Joseph is a fruitful bull. Notice that. Joseph is a fruitful bull, a fruitful bull by a well. His branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him and hated him, but his bow remained and strength. Notice that. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. You know, I did a study once on mighty God, and the term is El Gibor, E L G I B B O R. And it means God as a mighty warrior, God as a champion. Look it up in the Hebrew. God is a mighty, victorious champion. And you know what he does? He takes the nobodies and he makes them champions. He takes the Josephs that have been put in a pit and in a prison. He says, I'm going to elevate you among your brothers and I'm going to anoint you among your brothers. And that's exactly what he did. He went from being unprofitable to them. They had no use for him. But he says, now I'm going to take you up out of Egypt 
and I'm going to plant you and I'm going to make you fruitful and your fruit's going to extend beyond your walls and you're going to be a blessing. And I love the fact that God turned this all around in his favor. Now go with me to, Joe, uh, to the book of Psalms 44. I want to talk about this fruitfulness for a minute because I know some of us, we feel plucked out. Some of us feel like that, like that vine in parched land. Maybe you feel like your life is in a desert right now. Maybe you're like the children of Israel wandering around saying there's nothing profitable taking place in my life. Everything is unprofitable. You know, I've lost job, I've lost relationship, I lost my health, I lost my family. And God wants to remind you that he can take you out of your desert and make you fruitful. And he will make a way where there is no way. He will take the crooked path straight and he will bend the bronze of irons and give you the treasures out of darkness according to Psalms 45. But I want to preach out of Psalms 44 because how many of you guys know that God has been blessed God has blessed us. Notice what God says in Psalms 44 through the, the David. He says, we have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days. You drove out nations with your hand, but you planted, you afflicted the people and cast them out. For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword nor did their own arm save them, but it was your right hand and your arm and the light of their countenance because you favored them. Your life is blessed because God has favored you. God has plucked you out. God has shown to you and revealed to you his plan for your life. According to Jeremiah 29, God says, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He's not a God of hopelessness and a God of no future. He's not the God of darkness. He's a God of light. And God says, I have anointed you. I have called you. I have pulled you out. And I have a plan for your life. And while the children of Israel were in captivity, while Joseph was in captivity, while you might be sitting in your prison, in your bondage, God has a plan for you. He'll pluck you out. He'll pull you out. And it's not by your sword. It's not by your might, but by God's spirit that God will pull you out and you will gain possession. How many of you guys want to be possessors in the last days? Notice, I love what Psalms 45 says. He says, gird your sword up Upon your thigh, O mighty one. Here we have it again. O mighty one, O El Gabor. With your glory and your majesty, and in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach us awesome things. That right hand of God speaks of him pulling you out of darkness and transferring you into his marvelous light. According to Colossians, the Bible says his, 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 he, he pulled us out of darkness and conveyed us from the prison of darkness, from a house of darkness into the light. He says, verse 7, Therefore God your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia out of ivory palaces by which they have made you glad. Notice what they're looking around as God says, I have anointed you. I have set you apart. Well, now there's no denying that God set Joseph's life apart. He anointed him and he appointed him. And the Bible says that he gave him the oil and gladness and his God's strength was upon him more than all his companions, more than all his brothers. You would say, well, that's arrogant. That's prideful. No, that's the word of God. Now, so we know that 
Joseph is referred to as a vine. Jesus says, you are the vine and I, have, I, I, I am the vine and you are the branches. The Bible says that he was a shoot out of dry ground. Jesus came from, you know, a little, you would say a lost tribe from the tribe of Beth, uh, Benjamin, the tribe of oh, you of Bethlehem. He says, though you are least among the tribes, out of you will come a ruler. Notice that, that Jesus himself was taken out of Egypt also, the Bible says. But let's go on. In Psalms 89, God said like this, I have made a covenant, Psalms 89 verse 3, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David and your seed I will establish forever. See, the seed was in the vine. The seed was already in Joseph. And God had to separate Joseph because there was a seed there. And Joseph could not be destroyed because the seed of Jesse was in him. The seed of David was in him. So if you got seed, God will not let you be destroyed. He will not let you be disqualified. God will not let you be shamed. He will take you out of your Egypt. He will pluck you out and use you just like he did to our fathers. He pulled them out out of a, a land of not having any God. And he put them in a nation where they honored him and glorified him. Notice in verse 6 of Psalms 89, he says, For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? Notice that. No one. And then in verse 13, he says, You have a mighty arm, strong is your hand, and high is your right hand. God's right hand can go down so low and bring you out, just like he brought Joseph out of his prison, just like he brought David out of his sorrow when David repented to the Lord. Notice in Psalms 89 verse 19 he says like this, Then you spoke in a vision to your Holy One and I have said I have given help to one who is mighty. In the NIV he says I have bestowed strength on a young man. I have exalted one chosen from the people just like Joseph was chosen, just like David was chosen, just like Paul was chosen, Saul of Tarsus, the persecutor, the insolent man, the violent man, the persecutor, the destroyer of the church. God said, I'll pluck you out. And then it says, I have found my servant David with my holy anointing oil. I have anointed him with whom I have established. My hand shall be established. Also my arm shall strengthen him. Notice that. Notice God says, my arm will strengthen him. My arm will strengthen him, and God's arm will strengthen you. God's arm will strengthen you. So you say, Pastor Danny, I'm living in a hopeless situation. I'm in a desert. I'm not living a productive life. My relationships are unprofitable, but I want to turn them into profit. I want, to know, I want you to know that God today promises you that he will make your relations profitable. God's going to bring you new kingdom connections. He's going to bring new people into your life to help you, to spur you. You know, he's going to bring those people that are hurting, that have issues going on in their life, like the butler and the baker. They said, tell us, explain to us, Joseph. And God, the Bible says, Joseph said, I can do it. I can help you. So here it is. Here's Joseph sitting in a prison thinking, what can I do with my life now? I'm useless. God says, no, I have a plan for you and I have a ministry for you even while you're in prison. So let's continue reading. Psalms 80, verse 7. He says, Restore to us, O God of hosts, 
cause your face to cause your face to shine and we will be saved. He says, you have brought a vine out of Egypt. Exactly what Jacob prophesied to Joseph. He is a fruitful vine. They shot him. They hurt him. Notice he sunk down. But God says, I still got a fruitful vine out of Joseph. He says, you have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted it. Notice that. God plucked out a nation from a single man that was hurt, that was wounded. They thought, man, he's unprofitable. God can do the same for you. Verse 14, I want to wrap this up and I want to leave you with a blessing because God's going to revisit you. God's going to revisit you. You that are in a parched and dry land, you that are feeling unproductive, unfruitful, and you're saying, what could God do with me in ministry now? I've blown it. I've messed up. I've been sold by my family. I've been betrayed by my family. I've been persecuted. I lost my job because I wouldn't take a vaccine because of COVID. And now you're saying, what can I do with my life now? I want to tell you, God is going to revisit you. And verse 14, he says, return, we beseech you, O God of hosts, look down from heaven and see and visit this vine and the vineyard which your right hand has planted and the branch that you made strong for yourself. I love that. Visit the vine. Visit the vine, Lord, that you planted. Visit the, va the, the, the vine which your right hand planted. Someone will say, well, God didn't intend prison for your son. God didn't intend prison for Joseph. God didn't in intend an adultery and an affair and murder for King David. But God redeemed it. And God says, that's my seed. And I've established my covenant with David forever. And because of David's mercies, I will extend mercy to your sons. You know, who really was the mercy of David? You know, the Bible says repeatedly throughout the Psalms and through the book of First and Second Kings, because of the mercies of David, because of the mercies of David. I prayed about that and asked the Lord, what are the mercies of David? You know, the mercies of David was the seed of David, which was Jesus, the seed of Joseph. It was a mercy seed. That was Jesus. And so I want to minister to you and ask you, do you feel unfruitful? Do you feel like you're in a prison? Do you feel like you're in a parched land? You're still his vine. You're still part of the body. God will take you out. He'll make you fruitful. I know that the pain hurts. I know that they shot at you and it hurt. I know that it wounded you. I know that there's a lot of injustices in our world, but God can turn it around for his favor. I love Zechariah chapter 9, verse 8. He says, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free. And then Zechariah stands up on the platform. He says, return to your fortresses, O prisoners of hope, for I declare to you that the Lord God will restore back double to you. And notice what the verse says in verse 19 of Psalms 80. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts, and cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. Your family will be saved. You will be saved. You will be taken out of this prison. God, remember the vine and revisit the vine. If the Lord has spoken to you, call me. I want to pray for you. May the Lord bless you, keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. And may the Lord grant you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.